Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Storybox, where I, your host, Jay Phantom, has the utmost privilege and honor to unbox the amazing stories of some incredible people from all walks of life and experiences. I'm delighted and grateful that you're here today. Now let's dive into the Storybox and hear more about our guest today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Storybox podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and for all your support. My friends, this is going to be a very hard listen for some of you. Uh, it is very real, very raw, very open. And my next guest today uh, is no stranger to well this issue that is happening in our society. Uh, he struggled with it. I've struggled with it. And there's many other people out there that have struggled with it. Um, but Frank Rich is an online fitness entrepreneur, fitness author, certified trainer and nutrition coach and bodybuilder. He has close to two decades of training experience himself and has helped thousands of men around the world build muscle, lose fat and transform their lives. Frank has dedicated himself to helping 100,000 men build what he defines as the masthetic physique. But we didn't really focus too much on this aspect of Frank and, and, his, and his life, what we focus more on is another area of Frank's life that he does, and I think it's pretty incredible, and it's something that I'm passionate about in my own life in helping young men, women in, in general overcoming, and that is Frank helps people uh, break free from porn addiction through the power of faith and fitness, and he also has a podcast called The Superhuman Life. And he's doing a lot of different things for the world and giving back a lot of his time. And the reason why I wanted to bring this episode out now is it is such an important topic that needs to be addressed. Porn is an addiction and it is a very bad addiction for many, many people. And the reasons why it is such a bad addiction is, is what we dive into uh, in this episode. I share my past experiences. We both get very vulnerable and we both... Uh, basically use this time as a way to help you all understand that there are people out there that do struggle with it and it's not uh, meant to be a shameful thing if you come up to someone and you say, hey, look, I am struggling with this issue because guaranteed there are others out there that have struggled with it as well. Uh, so I want to encourage you, if you are listening to this, I know it's going to be very a very difficult listen for some people, um, it is very hard and I found myself 
uh, somewhat getting emotional during during the process, uh, speaking about some of the things that I struggle with. Um, and so I, I just hope you guys get something from this and understand that child sex trafficking as well is all part of uh, pornography and pornography, the big, big dogs like Pornhub and uh, sites like that are financing child sex trafficking and I think that needs to be uh, publicized a lot more and we we don't dive too much into that into this interview but uh, I would love to have Frank back on and and see how and ways that we can uh, stop this from happening uh, more. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and get something from it um, and yeah once again just being vulnerable is an important thing with helping people so i'm more than happy to do that uh so anyway guys let's dive into the story box and hear frank rich's story i am a rich <laughs> as 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 we were talking about at uh before before we uh jumped on here man it's uh there was a time in my life where money was the driving force behind what i did um as we'll get into, uh, I think my story a little bit here today, shifted it, you know, uh, with the focus on impact and serving, um, with the faith that uh, God will provide everything that I need beyond that. But yeah, um, I don't, I don't know if I'm rich or not. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. <laughs> I throw that in the mix just for a little bit of fun twist. Uh, you're yeah. an online fitness entrepreneur, fitness author certified trainer and nutrition coach and a bodybuilder, something that my dad does as well. Uh, he has close to two, de two decades of training experience himself and has helped thousands of men around the world build muscle, lose fat and transform their lives. Frank has dedicated himself to helping 100,000 men build what he defines as the mass-thetic physique. Crap. <laughs> Aesthetic, yeah. Aesthetic physique. You also have your own podcast called The Superhuman Life. And here's one of the things that I guess we'll talk about today as well. You help men break free from porn addiction through the power of faith and fitness. Frank, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Storybox podcast today. Jay, extremely honored to, to be a part of this and just grateful uh, to be able to connect and, and share. So, Absolutely, man. I appreciate you and uh, excited to get into it today. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I usually have one question that I love asking people to start things off, and that is, what does success look like to you in your life? Great, great question. Wow, we're jump, jumping right in with this one, huh? Absolutely, does, I love it. <laughs> what, does, what does success um, you mentioned, you mentioned Dan Long uh, prior, prior to recording. So I just had Dan on, on my podcast and I'm going to kind of steal uh, a line that, that he used. And it's, um, it's a blend be, between, I think, Dan and, and, and the great Tony Robbins um, quote, quote as well. You know, for a long time, I think success, well, as my intro said, you know, I was a, I was a competitive bodybuilder. I still would say that I'm a bodybuilder. You know, I think anybody that, that uses resistance training um, and exercise and, and nutrition to shape their physique, I think could be defined as a, as a bodybuilder. You don't have to be on stage, you know, flexing and, and pretty much 
in your underwear to be a bodybuilder. So I think for a long time, getting, getting to, to your question about success for a very long time, the only thing that I really identified or, or sought after success was my physique was my physical success. Um, a lot of that stemming from some some insecurities as a kid and just just my youth not really being ideal, I guess, in, in my eyes. So, so success for a very long time was being the biggest, strongest, most muscular, most intimidating uh, alpha um, type of individual in whatever room that I walked in. I wanted to be able to walk into a room and just with my presence, just command respect. And, and that was really where I wrapped up a lot of success. I mean, there was a time in my, in my twenties where training, bodybuilding, food, all of that came first, came before anything, came before family, relationship, work, uh, whatever it was. Um, now I'm not saying that that was the right way. It was the way that I did it and I can look back on it and, and see how it shaped me into what I'm doing now. Uh, but for me, Success today, I think, ultimately comes in, in doing uh, what I want to do in the way that I want to do it. But most importantly, having a life that is in service of others. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you talked about the aesthetic physique or, or, or the online fitness with Frank Rich Fitness, the podcast, The Superhuman Life, um, Rebuilt Recovery, which is my, my newest endeavor, uh, which is our porn addiction recovery uh company all of those are built around helping and, and serving others so i think if i could if i could wake up every day and and live a life and have the income uh to be able to do it to be able to impact others um, in the manner and fashion at which i want to then i define that as a success so it's not so much how much money i make how many followers how many downloads the podcast get how many you know people go through my programs how many you know how many clients am, am i working with all of those are are great vanity metrics um you know maybe a scorecard of different ways that you could you know judge or or track success you know income's a great it's a great scorecard for success you know is the business successful well let's look at the the profit and loss you know, report that'll tell you. Um, but true, true success for me comes in living a life that's in service of others, utilizing the gifts that I've been given. And I think there's a handful of those that I do possess uh, that I was blessed with. So um, I know that's a long kind of way to, to answer your question, but I think living a life that's in service of others, utilizing the gifts that I've been given uh, is, is my definition of success. I love that, man. I like how you, you answered it pretty excellently. In, in and I like the uh, the long-winded answers because it gives me more to un unbox and uncover in, in your story. So you mentioned there for a moment that you sort of felt like your physique, you wanted to go into a room and sort of command everything. And that sort of sparked from this insecurity about yourself. Do you know how that came about? Do I know how the, the insecurities came yeah. about? Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, deep, deep question there. So to understand the, the, the root of it, uh, man, I'm still, I'm still in the process of, of unpacking that quite a bit. I mean, um, to, to give a little bit more, more context, I guess, to, to who I am, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be, 
I'll be 37 here at the end of this month. So we're August, 2020. Um, so, so kind of going back, I mean, um, I know you're not, you're in the UK, correct? No, no, I'm in Sydney, man. Sydney. Oh, you're okay. You're in Australia. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so you're way on the other side there, but, but here in the U S you know, so, so just for, for people listening, like I said, to add some context to it, I grew up, I was a nineties baby, you know, uh, this is pre, uh, pre social media, you know, really pre pre internet. Um, so I was, a I was an athletic kid. Um, you know, we rode our bikes, we played, you know, we played in the street, touch football, tackle when you're in the grass, um, home run derby anytime we had a chance. Um, but but what we had is we had outside and we had sports. So I was very athletic and, and just involved in sports. Um, I was also a huge fan of the WWE. So this this was wrestling and this was wrestling in the Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior kind of days. Um, you know, there's there's no secret that 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 uh, generation of wrestling um, used and probably abused anabolic steroids, um, but they did it to the the wrestlers of of this time were were these kind of superhero type of physiques. So from a very young age, I was I was drawn to kind of the superhero built. Um, now that wasn't what I saw outside of TV within our home, within my family, it was, it was more overweight, not obese. You know, um, I don't think that when people would see our families, they would say, Oh, there, that's a bunch of, you know, fat, obese people, but it was, it was an overweight. It was, you know, standard American diet back then, you know, macaroni and cheese, pasta, you know, pizza, um, quick and easy macaroni helper type of things, just things that you could really cook made out of a box. Not blame anybody. It's, it's, it's what we were, you know, what we were taught and, and what they were teaching us in schools um, and parents, you know, parents didn't know any better else. So I think where it came from is, is I had kind of these physiques of wrestlers that I idolized kind of the superhero bodybuilders uh, but then when I looked at myself with my shirt off or when I looked at all the men in my family, it's like they didn't match up. So so when I when I was able to jump into bodybuilding right away, it's like I'm going to give this everything I can from like the age of 15, 16 years old, first time stepping into a gym. So I think I think where a lot of the insecurities came from, it was seeing, you know, what I thought you know, the perfect male physique was, which was that superhero from the wrestler type of thing and knowing that's not potentially the genetics I was giving. It, it made me feel like, okay, I got to do whatever I can uh, to acquire, acquire that type of body. It's almost like as a man, when you see another man look a certain way, it's very appealing. And it's almost like when I, when I was growing up, I grew up on wrestling as well. But I know for me, my insecurity came as I was teased a lot uh, for the way I looked. And the way my body was, I was quite a chubby kid. And mm. so people, I was teased a lot by girls. So that sort of made it even worse. Um, not, not by the boys until later on down the track. But the girls, they sort of, they teased me for the way I looked on the outside, not, mm. not the inside. And that just made me feel very small because, you know, you like a girl and then the girl that you like doesn't like you back. And so she makes you feel 10 times worse. And, you know, you're a kid, so you don't know any better. Your mind's still developing. So I 
had all these very, very small insecurities from a very young age. And then it got even worse when I was 14, when I started dating this girl who had depression and then the relationship got very, very abusive uh, emotionally and mentally. And so that brought about more insecurities, broke down my confidence and I had nothing. You know, I, I didn't know who I was, didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I was fat, even though I was skinny. Um, I, I didn't know what it meant to be a man. Didn't, all I was doing was comparing myself to what she was saying and what she wanted in my life. And it was very, and then also like as well, which I think we'll touch on later on. It's such a, it's such a powerful thing in securities because there's a lot of people that are walking around without this, this idea of this fear of being um, insecure for, for so many different things. One of them, one big factor for me, I know, came from porn addiction at 12 years old. It was this, I was shown it uh, when I was 12 years old by a friend of mine and I had never, never seen anything like it before. And it sort of just started spiraling, you know, it was attractive. And then one thing led to the next and I got addicted to it. And every single day, uh, two, three times a day, almost, it was just this constant cycle. And then that just made the relationships I had with people worse. It broke down my confidence even more. So I was, my brain was literally this sponge being soaked up with so much dirt and I didn't know how to rinse it out. And that went on for many, many years. And that affected so many aspects of my life. You know, so I, th I think it's an important message that we, we tell young people, especially today, that, you know, we did have all these insecurities and we're still trying to work through yeah. them. Yeah, well, well speaking, to, speaking to the young people, but more importantly, I mean, because we're talking, you know, you're talking about the age of 12, you know, with a porn addiction. I mean, for me, um, the entry into porn, or I guess the, um, the, the first time I saw it was much younger than 12. I mean, we're talking six, seven, seven years old. Wow. Um, you know, I would say maybe my addiction probably didn't really, really become a major issue until probably 15 or 16. Uh, that was just due to us not having the internet. I mean, if I would have had internet at, at eight, I think I probably would have started my addiction at, at eight, but it was, it was magazines and, and whatnot back then and, and trying to catch a, catch a glimpse on, you know, HBO or, or Cinemax late at night. But, um, you know, I think, I think speaking to young people is important, but, but with where we're really trying to go. And I mean, talking about handling the issues with, you know, young kids or, or young people struggling with these insecurities, which can lead to an addiction to pornography can lead to the price. You talked about depression at the age of 14 with, with a girlfriend. I mean, that's, we can, we can address it to the young people, but we gotta, we gotta bring it to the attention of the parents. Yeah. Um, so, so, so realizing that, uh, you know, if, if, if you have a kid and, and they're, you know, somewhere between eight, 12, 14 years old, their brain is not developed to the point where, if they are introduced into pornography, that they're really equipped to be able to handle it. Mm. Uh, you know, it's such an early development stage is that when you see something of, of that level of, of degree, it's 
Strong. very destructive and, and, and can lead to, to very harmful, harmful addiction because you're just not equipped. So I think uh, if we're, if we're talking, you know, around the discussion of pornography, um, something that I've done an entire episode on, but I think it's, it's having that conversation um, at the, at the right time of, because there, it, you're not going to keep it from a kid. You're not keeping pornography from your child, uh, at least not with where we're at now. Much like you, I have a very big mission in this world and the mission is to take down the entire industry, but we're not there yet. So for right now, if you have a kid and your kid has a smartphone, if they haven't seen it yet, they're, they're, they're very close to seeing it. So I think it's understanding of when to have that right conversation um, and just the, op- the openness, like, like not just sweeping it under the rug, because I think that probably is something that maybe my parents didn't do the best job about. You know, we didn't have conversations around sex, drugs, alcohol, uh, pornography, really, really anything. It was just one of those things that, you know, as I grew and got older and older and I just got introduced to these things, just kind of navigated it on my own. And, and I can tell you that that led to kind of a, a lifetime, you know, struggling with not just pornography addiction, struggling with addiction to alcohol, struggling with addiction to sex, struggling with addiction to, to abuse, whether that's, you know, in a relationship verbally abuse of myself, you know, addicted to bodybuilding, um, addicted to whatever. But, but yeah, I think it's uh, speaking to the young people, but then speaking to, to raise a level of awareness to the parents that are raising young people. uh, I think that's more where, where I could, you know, hopefully, shine a light for, for some people. Mm. I, I can relate to that in, in many ways. You know, I was brought up in, in a conservative Christian home, which is not a bad thing at all. And I was, you could say, sheltered a lot of the times from all this, uh, you know, porn, you know, all, all this stuff, you know. And, and it yeah. was like we had, mum and I had the talk. So I remember like in the early 2000s when I was, I think, eight or nine going down the shopping aisle. And that's when the, in the shops, like in, in Woolies and Coles and, and those sorts of places, um, they used to have an aisle full of like penthouse, hustler. They used to have that on the shelves. In the store, you could get them. The yeah. Yeah. They used to have it. And we were told never to go down that aisle because it, was, it would be like off limits. But um, yeah, you, you'd walk down these aisles and, and mum and would be like, no, don't, don't even go anywhere near it. So what I would do one time is to test the boundary <laughs> to see what would happen. So I walked down this aisle and I'd never seen a naked lady before in my life. Walk down the aisle, see the front of this magazine and I've gone, oh, that's interesting. And my brother's caught me mm-hmm. and he's gone and told my mum and I kid you not, Frank, I got the the biggest smack of my life. Well, then it probably sparks a sense of curiosity in you that the next time you have an opportunity, I need to go see what's down that aisle because why did mom respond that way? I mean, all we have to do is we we just have to go to Genesis to understand from human nature what happens when you're told don't do something. You know, right there in the garden in Genesis 1, God says, you can... you. This is yours. All of this that I created is for you. The one thing you can't do is eat from that tree. Mm. I mean, immediately, like if, if we need to understand like human nature, like, like if you, if you don't want somebody to do something, 
the, the worst possible thing is tell them don't do that. Yeah. Because it's going to pique that curiosity, especially in a child that now I need to go, go see what's, what's down the aisle. Mm. Same thing. Like, like when I, you know, I can't say this is exactly what happened, but you know, as a kid, if you see a dad hiding, you know, hiding a magazine underneath a particular, you know, pair of socks in one of his drawers, curiosity is like, I need to go see what, you know, what is that hiding from me? So I think that's where it's like understanding and it's going to be different. Like, you know, there's, there's not a perfect formula in, in how to address this conversation with your kids. Cause each kid's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be individualized, but this is where as the parent having the relationship with the kid, you need to know when and where is going to be the right time to have that conversation with them. But mm. it's not something that you can't just sweep it under the rug and think, Oh, I raised this perfect little child and he's never going to get introduced to it. Um, Cause that's going to be the one that's going to hit it hard and is going to hit it hit the most. I mean, before, you know, I graduated high school at 20, 23rd in my class, you know, I, I was straight A's. I had, I mean, a 3.9 GPA out of, out of four, like all-stars, you know, multiple, multiple varsity letters, like, uh, you know, honor roll, like all of these things. It's like, I was the perfect kid on one side. And then on the other side, I was, I was hiding and, and mm-hmm. keeping all these secrets. Mm, so. it's a dirty secret that you yourself are hiding and nobody else knows about. Yeah. Mm. But you, so I was, I was similar in school, you know, I was on a roll student, did everything that I was told. Uh, and then, but no one really knew about my, my addiction to porn. No one really knew anything because I, I was too ashamed. I was too frightened of being caught and what people would think of me if they found out that I had this porn addiction. You know, the only reason why I speak about it now is because I'm no longer ashamed by what I did. You know, it was a shameful act in those moments because, you know, God says it is. And, but now that I'm free of it, I, I no longer feel ashamed of my past. You know, I think there's a difference and, and, and saying, look, your past is your past. You made mistakes. You should not feel ashamed right now because you're no longer in the past. Or if you are, if you're, in the present moment the, right now and you are stuck living in the past, you need to stop it because seriously, it's going to make you even worse moving forward. You can't move forward if you're stuck living in the past, if you're stuck in that shame uh, mentality. And it's like, it's a process. And it took me, uh, took me many years, Frank, to actually move forward um, with, with my addiction. And it, that sort of led to, me becoming anorexic, me becoming bulimic, me get, being hospitalized for nine days because I thought that I could get rid of my addiction by t- channeling it into something else, which was exercise. And then I lost all this weight. And because the hormones weren't any, anywhere near um, active anymore, they were pretty much gone. So I had no sex drive. I had nothing. So therefore, I had no desire to watch. And I thought, this is a good thing. But then all of a sudden, I got sick. Bad thing. Nine days. And God sort of had to break me down and say, no, Jay, this is not how you get rid of your addiction. You don't, (laughs) you're like taking one extreme to the next. There was no balance. 
So he had to literally strip everything away from me that I held dear and say, you need to, you need to be accountable to somebody. You need to share with somebody and you need to work through this process. And so that's what I had to do. But going back to your story. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's so powerful there, man, because I mean, God did very similar, you know, very similar work in, in my life. I mean, one of the big defining moments for me was that moment that I felt safe to share. Um, so, so I had been, like I said, I mean, it was, it was probably 20, 20 years, um, of an addiction, you know, from, from 15 to 35, you know, 15 was when we got kind of AOL internet, you know, so I had access to pretty much you know, images, videos, kind of at the push of a button at around the age of, of 15. Um, and then it wasn't until I was 35. So this is, you know, this is going through my twenties. This is, you know, going through school and then, and then jumping into corporate America and, and having success in, in some sales positions and, and accelerating through, through corporate America and then getting into bodybuilding and competing at a high level in bodybuilding and then launching my first company at 30 and then having some, some very quick, immediate success in that. And then, and then really watching that first business kind of crumble and then jumping into the online, you know, we talked about Frank Rich Fitness, which I launched back in 2017 and it had some quick immediate success there. And we've gone on and helped thousands of people. And I created Mastetic Muscle, which is kind of my flagship program. And I, and I built a whole movement off of it. But through all that, like it was, it was that the one, the one constant, like daily, you know, it's a daily, sometimes multiple, multiple times a day. And, and I had been, really um on a four or five month kind of cycle you know so so this is going this is now getting to kind of the more recent recent stuff here so at the end of the end of 2018 i can remember hearing a podcast uh with the first the first podcast ever where they were having a conversation similar to, to what we're doing here just two guys kind of sharing their experience with it and it kind of kind of opened up something inside of me where I said, wow, like, cause I never thought that I had an addiction. I mean, like I said, it, it was just a part of my life. I thought it was a part of every guy's life. I thought, yeah, you know, you, you watch porn, you know, it's a part of what, what guys do not even realizing of, of how it had affected me already at that time. Like I knew that I was already kind of struggling and, and suffering with PIED. You know, I was having, you know, to have sex, I was having to take, you know, a cocktail of Viagra and, and Cialis, just have sex with a real life woman. Uh, so, but I, but I never connected it back to, to, to actually having an addiction. And it wasn't until I listened to this podcast. So the podcast kind of sparked this kind of like curiosity for me where now I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and I'm going to really see like what's going on. So this just opened up this Pandora's box where now I'm like reading every article, watching every video. TED Talks, listening to Gary Wilson, you know, describe your brain on porn and how, you know, literally just like every new video just creates a new neural pathway with your dopamine and, and just how it is negatively impacting it. But that even still didn't get me free until there was a moment where I was sitting in a car with somebody, another guy just having a conversation and he started talking about his struggle. And because he opened up that he was struggling with it, it kind of gave me the power to say, wow, dude, I, I've been, I've been kind of on the same journey myself and this is what's going on. It was in that moment, like just voicing it out, just getting it out. Like 
it felt like a thousand pounds was lifted off my chest. Like I've been holding on to this for so long and just by sharing it with somebody. So if we could encourage anybody that's hearing this today, like if you're going through something or, or, or you're living with that shame or that guilt, or you're just maybe unsure of like, is your habit or is your use of pornography actually at a destructive level? Voice it out. Find somebody that you can trust. You know, go through your phone. I did a video on this last week of finding that one person. You know, uh, for some people, that's going to be in the church. It's going to be their pastor. I know some people uh, are not ready for that because with the church can come a lot more guilt and shame. And that's something that I think needs to be addressed as well. So, so maybe you don't go that way first. Maybe you find, you know, um, that, that person that's, you know, is your best friend or, or that colleague, but you got to find somebody that you can trust in and, and just open, like literally, like I, I, I use the terminology, like open up your heart because what you're going to uncover is if you are a living, breathing male walking planet earth today, chances are, unless you're somebody like Tim Tebow or, or just, you know, one of these rare kind of humans, chances are you, that person that you share it with is, is going to be going through a very similar thing either at the same time, or they've already gone through it. Like this is something that is attacking every single man in the world. And you're not going to be able to break free on your own for one. If you're a Christian, you're going to, you're, you're going to need Jesus. Like, like mm. you're not going to get through it without him. But secondly, you're going to need a community. You're, you're going to need a tribe. Um, and, and it's got to start with literally just opening it up and, and sharing it. And, and, and that changed, that changed my life. Uh, it was February 14th. Uh, it literally, that will be the day that forever I can recall was a life changing moment. And it was literally just a, a few minutes of a conversation of me saying, man, I've been struggling with this. And, and what happens though, when you share it, it, it it's like, the guilt doesn't get higher. The shame doesn't intensify. It's actually all of that gets washed away because like I said, when you share it with another man, he's going to say, dude, I've been going through exactly the same thing. And it's like, you create this level of synergy and connection. And, and when you're with somebody else and you're fighting the same fight, man, it's like, that's when you can really make, make some progress. So, but yeah, I, uh, shortly after that, so, so three days later, um, getting back to your story, cause you talked about God taking away all the things that you thought were most important to you. Um, so when I was three days removed from being, you know, from being free. So, so February 14th was the day I said, I'm done. I shared it with my girlfriend. The next day I said, I'm done with this. There was this, you know, this, this incident of me, like destroying a computer, ripping a laptop apart, the very symbolic for me. Um, but I started to kind of go through like the physical kind of withdrawal symptoms, you know, I'm like, for somebody that for 20 years was, you know, jerking off multiple times a day, like I was getting rid of all this energy. Well, I go three days, all that built up energy. I didn't know what to do with it. So I got really angry and like started screaming and just trying to intimidate people. And I ended up breaking my hand. So you talked about God kind of taking everything away from you. He took away the ability of me to train by him breaking my hand. I can remember sitting in the doctor's office the next day and the doctor being like, I don't want you in the gym for nine weeks. Uh -huh. like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, you can't go to the gym. I was like, no doc, you don't get it. Like I can do legs and you know, I can attach a cable to my elbow and like do these kind of like weird, you know, like biomechanic movements. Like, cause I understand science. Like I studied the human body and movement for like two decades. So I'm like, doc, I can build muscle without my hand. He's like, I don't want you in the gym. He's like, I don't want you exerting any force. 
So it was like in that moment, like God said, all this muscle, this shield, like this body that you spent 20 years to build, to try to run away from who you are, you can't do that anymore. And I need you to tap in to who you, to who I made you to be. And that was when this like sense of like vulnerability and just, just sharing my story with as many people as possible kind of, kind of started, but I had, I had to have that taken away in order to step into to what I was really here for. It was around a similar time for me, man, because that happened, my time in hospital happened in 20, 2017. Okay. And I remember a nurse uh, it was, I think it was 12 AM to checking my, my vitals and I was still awake. I was alive. Um, very active. And she walks in and she's like, so Jay, why do you run for over two hours? And I said, Oh, I was making up all those excuses. Right. I was saying, uh, I run because it helps my brain think, but really what I was doing was I was just running away from all my problems and using that energy to just mask the actual mm. addiction that I had. And I didn't want to confront it. I was too afraid to confront it. If I did confront it, it meant being vulnerable. And I hated being vulnerable. I was so closed off. I was, no, I'm a man. I, I don't get vulnerable. And that's how I was conditioned all my life to believe is that men don't share their feelings. Men don't get vulnerable because it's, it's wrong. But this, this nurse, she looks at me and she's like, you're an idiot. She said that to me. And I was like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> she's like, you're running for two hours. And yet guess what? You're flat on your back on in a hospital bed and you're in absolute agony. Was it worth it? And it was that question that started getting my, my brain thinking. It's like, mm -hmm. well, is it worth it, Jay? Like everything that you have done to yourself, has it been worth it? You running away from all your problems, you running away from uh, this masculine persona that you're, you're trying to keep for yourself, you running from your porn addiction and not facing it, not dealing with it, is it worth it you being flat on your back in hospital in absolute agony? And then the nurse said to me, Jay, you have two choices. You can either continue going down this track and then back, back in hospital and I might have to see you again, but I don't, I don't want to have to see you again for, for the wrong reasons. I want to see you alive, healthy, going about your life the very best way you possibly can live it. Not stuck in a hospital bed. You, you, you're 22, 21. You've got so much life to live and yet you're wasting it being here. And she's like, you need to start making some serious changes to your routine, to your habits and to your life. Otherwise you're going to be right back here. And then I said to her, you're right. And for the rest of the night, I did not sleep for two days. I did not sleep because all I was doing was thinking about how can I face up to and deal with these addictions in my life the right way. And that's when I sort of got down on my knees and, and asked God for his strength and to help me to get rid of it. And that, and that moment, that was day seven in hospital. Day eight was when God gave me my, my philosophy of beating the sun. Now I know there's so many people that 
have written about this. I mean, um, I mean Robin Sharma, the 5am club, he, he writes about this as well, about beating the sun and, you know, the, the wisdom in that, getting up early and, and why it's important to get up early. So I get up at, at 4am because I, the philosophy is if I can beat the sun, that no matter what comes my way in the day, the very first thing that I do is pray and read my Bible because my spiritual, out of all the three areas of health, your spirit is the most important because if your spirit is not right, it affects every other facet of your life, your mentality and your physique. So if I can get my, my spirit right and spend the very first moments of my day with God, then I am constantly setting myself up for a good habit of saying, Jay, this is good for me because I am increasing my relationship in the most important being that has ever walked this earth or ever will. Having a relationship with God has helped me break that addiction first and foremost because it's not a, it's, you've got to understand that once you, that addiction is taking you further and further away from God each and every time. And you've made that choice. So I made the choice now to get closer to God. And the more closer I got to God, the more he drew that addiction away. But then he's like, Jay, you need to be accountable to somebody. You need to go to somebody and say, look, I'm struggling. You need to break down that pride, that ego and share. And that moment that I did share, (laughs) tell you what, Frank, it was great. Like, it was like this burden had been lifted off my shoulders and, and my heart was restored and I needed, I needed that. And for a lot of young people that would be listening to this as well, that are too afraid to go to somebody right now, remove the pride, remove the ego out of the equation. This is going to be the most useful thing that you can do in your life is go to somebody and say, look, I'm struggling. I remember going to my, my old school and doing a talk uh, about actually struggling with addiction. And I hadn't actually spoke about porn addiction in front of young people before. This is the very first time. But I did that because I knew and I hoped, I just felt God saying, speak about it. This is where I led you. Speak about it. This young guy comes up to me afterwards and he says, Jay, I'm struggling with it. How can I, how can I break it? And I was, I was like, now's, now's the time where I can use my story yes. to help, help you. And that was, that was God. That wasn't me. <laughs> and that's what I've realized with, with all of this is the first thing you got to do in order to break your porn addiction is get closer to God and say, I need your help because it is a a powerful, powerful addiction and it is very tough to break. Dude, that's, that's, that's so, so powerful, man. And I can just tell you how much I, I relate to every single part of that, you know, um, with my podcast, you know, podcast was something that was on my heart for a long, long, long time. You know, I, I launched Frank Rich Fitness back in 2017. And I can tell you in 2017, I probably had 10 different podcasts that I was like ready to launch. You know, like there was going to be the Mastetic Muscle Podcast. 
There was going to be biohacking muscle. There was going to be enriched muscle. There were like, like all of these kind of fitness themed podcasts that I thought were going to run alongside of the fitness business that I was trying, trying to build. Mm. And it's like, I would get, you know, I get to kind of like the beginning stages of kind of like developing it, like the idea concept of what it was going to be. Then I get pulled aside, like with this new project or something that I was launching or, or I'm like, I'll, I'll back burn this and I'll, I'll, I'll visit it later. And then it was, it was in the short little months thereafter, uh, breaking free from porn that, you know, you, 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 you go through, you know, what a lot of people call kind of that no fab kind of like, you know, initial kind of 30, 60, 90 days where, you know, you're, if you're doing it right, you can kind of really harness a lot of this, you know, pure sexual energy and kind of start diverting it into some other, some other projects. Um, so I'd taken a, I'd taken a, uh, a position with a with an agency that was help helping build and launch. So a lot of my time was focused into help building somebody else's company. But that that podcast kind of made its way back in. I was like, okay, now I'm ready to launch. And initially, I was going to launch more of just a personal kind of a overall personal development. Like we were going to talk faith, fitness, finance, freedom, family. Like I was going to build it around these five Fs. But it was going to be, it was going to be very focused on personal growth and, and development. It wasn't going to be something that really my story had anything to, to do with it. And I can remember uh, getting a video message. I don't know, you know, I think God speaks to people differently. You know, mm. me, he speaks to me through certain individuals. So I remember getting a video uh, message from somebody. And them saying, because I had shared with them kind of where I thought I was going. And he's like, no, he's like, that's not right. He's like, you have a story. He's like, you have power over something. He's like, this is where you need to go. And he was like, convicting me, convicting me. It's like, don't make the podcast about you. Don't make it about development. Share your story and get very clear on you're here to help one specific type of person. And, and and I can remember I was I was I was working with a with a with a podcast and management company to kind of help build everything out and systems and everything. And I can remember writing the email of changing the direction that we were going because, like I said, I had already kind of started the development of like building this you know personal development podcast. And I can remember literally, I'm up super early too. I'm up at four thirty, so it was like five a.m. I'm sitting there at my desk, mm-hmm. black outside, putting this email together and sharing with the the podcast producer my story of why we were going and like as i'm typing this i'm like breaking like i'm in tears like because i'm sharing and i'm saying like this is where we need to go and it was one of those things like i sent the email and almost instantaneously like who's up at 5 a.m reading their email Mm -hmm. but he but lewis was at this time because literally almost instantaneous he's like Oh my God, dude. Like I was excited about this before. He's like, let's go because this is going to change the game for people. And it was about literally the first episode. It's, it's just a a 90 minute testimony of my entire journey, you know, from childhood to, to high school, to twenties, to drugs, to, to porn, to, to, to finding Christ, to fully surrendering, to breaking free to everything that we're doing now. So I would say if there's, if there's a guy out there and, and you're ready and, but you're unsure of who that person to share is, reach out to me. 
because if I can be anything for anybody, I can be an ear. I can be somebody that can be there to listen, to support, and at least maybe give you the first couple steps. Perhaps you're not ready to jump into our coaching program. We do have a coaching program for guys that are really serious about making the change. But if it's just you having to be, having to have somebody that's going to listen and is going to tell you that it's going to be okay and that we can fight this together, I'll be that first person. For anybody that's listening to this right now, find me. I'm sure Jay can, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll share my information. But if you don't have somebody in your life that you can open up and, and, and share with, you have me, and, and that's my commitment to anybody hearing this right now. Find me on Instagram, shoot me a DM, um, and let's just let's just get the conversation going because I I know the power in in opening up and being vulnerable. Um, and and if it starts with me, I'll make sure that we we go down the right path for you. Mm. And I love it. I love that man. Like it's powerful, and and people know that there are others out there that are willing to help and willing to just be an ear. And listen, and and not judge you for for things that you've done in your past, because you know we've probably done it as well. So yeah. it's like we're all we're all human. We all make we all make those mistakes. But you know, I always believe that that God is loving, God is just, God is kind, God is gracious, and it's always sufficient yeah. for us. And when we think about that as well, even if we're not, even if you're listening to this and you, and you don't believe in God. There's two guys right here, two men that are living testament of what God has done in our lives. And I walked away from God for quite a long time and I was running from him for quite a long time because I didn't want to accept. And I have a method that I want to share with with you and it might help those people that it helped me with breaking free from porn addiction. (laughs) I got a dog too. It helped me, um, yeah, break, break free from porn addiction, but it also helped me break free from, from depression and anxiety. And once I came up with this method, I started flushing it out a little bit. So I started working through all the little kinks in this method, but I call it the CAP method. So C stands for choice, A stands for acceptance, and P stands for persistence. Now, there's a saying that comes out of the P, which is be persistent to remain consistent at the things that you want, which I said to you at the very beginning. So going back to C, you understand that God has given us an amazing gift called free will. It's a choice to, to do the things that we are doing. We make decisions on any given day. That is our choice. We need to learn that when we make those choices, there are always going to be repercussions. There are always going to either be consequences or outcomes to those choices. Those, those outcomes could be good or they could be bad, but you don't blame them on somebody else. That is the worst thing you can possibly do. Then comes acceptance. So the first thing you've got to do is, accept, is, is make the choice to accept that in this moment, you don't have to be stuck here. That's your choice to accept this moment right now. And you have been persistent at being stuck in this moment. So you've got to break it. You've got to look at life very differently. You've got to switch it around. And the reason why I call it the cap method is you're basically putting a cap on it and you're sealing it tight and you're not allowing anyone to break that seal. So pretty much what I, what I say to people is, firstly, you make the choice right now 
right now is, is the time to make the choice to break the addiction, to say that it's, it's my choice right now to be stuck and accept this moment. Now I've got to switch it. I've got to be persistent to remain consistent at not going back at all those things that have made a negative, that the porn addiction, the, the anxiety, the depression, all those things, that's my choice to break and not accept it. Now I can accept that I can move forward. Once I realize that, my goodness, the process of healing is, is absolutely astounding. But it's a daily thing. You've got, to, you've got to do this on a daily basis because you're creating the good habits and that's where the persistence really comes into effect. I'm writing a book at the moment called The Path of an Eagle. And in that book, I lay, I lay this out. The method is fully flushed out, like all the people I've spoken to as well uh, and all the, all the methods and techniques, strategies that I've, I've used in my life to sort of help. And I'm only 23. But age is just a number. And that's what I encourage a lot of, a lot of people to understand is, uh, yes, I'm only 23. Yes, you're only in your 30s, Frank. But you have this wisdom that God's given us from experience. Use that experience to help others. And the reason why I call it the path of an eagle is because I have this, this journal, which is Isaiah 40 verse 31 which basically talks about those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount on the wings like eagles. They will soar. Uh, they, will, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So the way I see it is every single time I am beating that my mindset of addiction, because trust me, those, those thoughts, they never go away. They, they show up on random times. If I can keep my mind in a good state, then I'm being like an eagle. I'm flying. I'm soaring. I am being persistent. I'm moving forward. Are the things that I, that I want in my life? So I thought I'd share that with you, man. No, that's 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 incredible, man. Um, we'll have to get you on the Superman Life when the book is ready, and we'll we'll promote that book out there for you. And um, I'm excited for you, man. That's this this sounds amazing. I appreciate that, dude. I didn't I want, love I didn't the want to take away. I didn't want to take the uh, the spotlight away from you, but I thought it would be it would be helpful, uh, especially like because you do a lot of coaching as well. So you're more than welcome to use this method. Uh, if you need more information about it, more than happy to send it over to you. Um, but I, I feel like this was a very important message that we need to send. Um, today from two people, two men that have, that have struggled with it. Um, no, man, I, I, I want to acknowledge you and I mean, just, just let you know how much I appreciate and and how much respect I have for you for, for having me on, for for opening up and and sharing your story and, and, and your struggle and your vulnerability with it and allowing me to come on and, and, and share, share my message as well, because, you know, we, briefly talked about, you know, the issue in the church. And, and unfortunately we're not in a place right now where the church is really handling this in the, the manner at which they should. So we need leaders. We need men outside of it. Um, you know, if we're addressing it, you know, from the believer Christian standpoint, we need guys like yourself and I, that, 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 that can, can be a leader of, of this movement 
outside the church, but, but we need, we need, we, we also need leaders for those that, that aren't believers. Um, and that's what I try to do. You know, there is an element of Christianity. There, there's an element of faith built into uh, a lot of our coaching program, but we've worked with a lot of guys uh, that aren't believers because everybody needs, needs freedom. What's cool though, a lot of times is, is we end up bringing guys either to Christ for the first time, or we bring them back to church if they, they've ran uh, in the opposite direction, like so many, so many do. So, so using my, I guess my, my business as a, as a ministry platform, which, you know, you seem to be doing something very, very similar here, but yeah, I just wanted to, to, like I said, acknowledge you for, for opening up and, and, and really be willing to, to have this conversation. Cause I think it's something that needs to be talked about a whole lot more than it, than it is at this point. I appreciate that, man. Like, I know we didn't really dive too much into your story, which is what I normally do, but I, I just felt like this was an important message to, to really get out there. And you're right, we didn't touch on the church aspect and, you know, that's where some of my insecurity came from as well and my fear and anxiety, which is very, very wrong. And um, it, it Yeah, well, change. Unfortunately, and this is just going back to, to really, I think probably one of the biggest themes here is, is this is not an isolated problem. This is not just, you know, one person or 10 people. It's such a massive problem with both men and women mm. that 70% of the church, 70%, that's seven out of 10 people in the church are currently struggling with some form of pornography addiction. And that's why the church is not yet equipped because it's literally infiltrated itself into the walls of the church. So yeah, we need more voices. We need more men. Uh, if, if you guys are out there and, and that's you, raise your hand, reach out to us. Let's, let's get, let's get this movement going. But yeah, I think um, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be talked about, which is why I have my podcast. You know, we don't need to get into the whole story. You know, if, if, if guys are curious about that, reach out to me. There's, there's a dozen episodes that I've done where I share my testimony. Um, that's powerful, but, but I think we needed to have the conversation that we had here today, the real one, you know, the, 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 the real experiences, the, the, the rawness, um, and, and the cat method is, is a great tool. Um, I think, you know, having a morning routine is probably the most important thing that you need to have for any form of recovery. I don't care if you're recovering from pornography addiction, if you're recovering from sleeping in too much, like if, 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 if you're trying to change your life, change the way that you start the day. Mm. Um, and if it's beating the sun, uh, for some people that is, that is what works. I know some people claim to not be a morning person, but I think you got to have, you know, 10, 15, 30 minutes designated in the morning that are that are your time that you knock out some consistent routines that you get some victories under your belt things that you told yourself you're going to do and then you actually knock them out and get them done mm-hmm. kind of start building a little bit of self confidence in yourself and then just watch how that carries over into every other part of your life um, you know another just few quick real you know real actionable things that that people can do um, if you're if you're struggling with you know porn and and just the guilt and shame built built up with the pornography addiction. Try starting your day from a place of gratitude. Try identifying every day, you know, three things that you could be grateful for. 
you know, it's hard or damn near impossible to be grateful and shameful at exactly the same time. So, so you're just trying to change quick, you know, just very shortly, just change the perception of how you're seeing the world, starting from a place of gratitude. Second thing you can do uh, is just reach out to somebody. And it doesn't, this is different than the reaching out to share your story, reaching out, just to let somebody know that you're thinking about them and how much you appreciate, appreciate them. Just like I did with Jay here, you know, at, at the end of this, at the end of this conversation, I told him how much I appreciated what he's doing. I told him how much respect I have for him. Try doing that for just a random person in your phone. Just one day, wake up, like try it tomorrow, wake up and just scroll through your phone and just pick a random person and say, Hey Mike, you know, just, just thinking about you this morning, just want to let you know how much I appreciate you and all that you're doing for me. And just send that message. Um, and just let that sit. And, and, and it goes back to, to, to your perspective. So if you're coming from a place of gratitude and living in a place of appreciation for others, you're going to find that temptation to go view porn out of insecurity, guilt, shame, whatever the trigger is that leads you to it. You're going to find that slowly, slowly start to go away because you're beginning to live in a state of gratitude and appreciation for the world outside. Mm. So two real quick kind of actionable things. I think that literally people can try tomorrow um, and will make a radical change in your life. I love those ones, man. And I also want to add, Forgive yourself daily. Mm. I think we often are too hard on ourselves as well. And especially when we are addicted to porn, it's like this vicious cycle that we get into. And oftentimes we're so, we're so hard on ourselves that we are our own worst enemy oftentimes. And it kind of makes it worse. And, and what we view ourselves to be oftentimes relates to how we view other people and how we treat other people. So if we're not forgiving ourselves, then we won't forgive others. And forgiveness is such a, is a powerful, a powerful topic. I'm reading a book at the moment by uh, Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt, the, the gift of forgiveness, because it really is a gift. And that's what I've noticed. Like there's so many people that I can blame in my life for all the things that I've been through so many, but the power of forgiveness, is a very, very important strategy and tool that you've got to use in your life. Apart from just the gratitude, gratitude is an attitude. And it's the one attitude that I can turn on daily at any moment when I choose to turn it on. So I've actually written these three strategies in my book. There's actually going to be four of them, but it's the first one's calm your mind and like we get so busy, right, that we, we have so much stuff, so much information traveling back and forwards in our brain that we just, that creates more stress, more anxiety, more craving of the one thing that we want the most because our mind is so busy. And then practicing gratitude. And the last one is remembering to forgive yourself daily. And I have another one after that that I'll, I'll make as, as a surprise. but. That's, that's really what I want to leave with, with people is, is those, those strategies to, to say, look, these can help you. If you choose going back to the cap method, it's a choice. You gotta, we can say everything under the sun. We can't change you. That's the thing. What we can do is inspire you to change and say, look, you're not alone. 
we made the choice at some point, look at us, use our example, use yours, Frank, as a testimony to say, look, I've been through this. I'm still working through it. I'm still working through it on, on, on every single day, you know, but building that community is, is important. So thank you so much. I want to honor you as well, Frank, for everything that you're doing and all the, the goodness that you're putting out there into the world and for just showing up always just showing up. That's what we need people that just show up and, and say, Hey, look, I'll put up my hands to help others. I mean, that's, that's powerful, man. So thank you so much for, for your time today and for your story. I know we didn't, we did things very differently. Um, but I love the, I love getting to the core. I love that's where the value is. So thank you so much for sharing your story today. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on and keep doing, keep doing what you're doing with the story box. Keep chipping away at, at that book. And yeah, man, you're, you're having an incredible impact and, and I'm, you know, grateful and, and blessed to, to be able to be here today. So, so I just appreciate you for, for having me on, man. Thank you so much. I don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.